Welcome to Epiphany Fellowship's podcast, where our goal is to see people everywhere show off the glory of Christ in every area of life. We pray that you are blessed and encouraged by today's message and will allow the Word of God to dwell in you richly. Thank you, Lord. He's worthy to be praised. Grab your copy of God's Word and Y'all can go ahead and stand. I don't know why y'all acting all funny and stuff. Grab your copy of God's word. Meet me in Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. We're going to spend our time in a few verses. Verses 26 to 38. Luke chapter 1, verse 26 to 38. When you got it, say, I got it. Okay. That means we still waiting. If if you ain't got it yet, just say, uh, just wait for me. Oh, okay. Y'all just don't want to talk back. Okay, that's fine. We're going to read it together. Y'all quiet today. All right. On three, 26 to 38. One, two, three, read. If I could tag this text for our exchange today, I'd like to tag it, when your participation costs you your reputation. When your participation costs you your reputation. Y'all quiet on me. I didn't preach two services. I need your help. So y'all got to talk back to your boy. Let's pray. Father, we thank you and praise you for the hope that is ours in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Lord for the opportunity to open up your word and hear from you. Every time uh, we open up our word, or the word, we should repeat the words of Psalms 119. Open our eyes so we may behold wondrous things from your word. We wanna hear from you and you alone. So Lord, speak through me. I'm just a mere man and I need your preaching power. And so Lord, help me to decrease that you may increase. Hide me behind the cross that they may see no one but you. Lord, get the glory out of everything 
that we say and do. We love you and we thank you. It's in Jesus' precious name I pray. And every glad heart said, amen. You may be seated. When your participation costs you your reputation, if, once again, we're honest with ourselves, um, we, as Christians, don't exercise our faith well. We actually run from displaying faith. We run from the idea of trusting and honestly, if I can speak from my own situation, I call it out and say, Lord, help me to really have true faith in what you're doing. It's hard to see uh, that God is doing something when what my eyes can see are always blocking me from the goodness of God. It's, it's the truth whether y'all want to agree with it or not. This sermon deals with me, so I'm just going to preach what I got. But we come to a passage where we see this idea of faith and trust be displayed. We see here in this passage, Mary exercising faith in what God is asking her to do. Y'all quiet today. Look at verse 26. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth. What we first have to understand is location. Everybody say location. Location, location is important. Um, prior to the angel Gabriel coming to Mary, the angel had just left uh, uh, Zechariah six months before. Now, where the angel goes is important. The angel went to the temple to see Zechariah, to give him a vision of what is going to happen. But here, the, God says to the angel, go past the temple. I want you to go to a city where it's not very popular. I want you to go to a place where people would say, can any good thing come from Nazareth? Go, go to a place where people wouldn't expect positivity to come from or a miracle to take place from this place. Go there. Paul also says it this way in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 28. He says, God has chosen what is insignificant, what is low and despised in the world, what is viewed as nothing to bring to nothing what is viewed as something. Location is important. 
He doesn't go to a place where people got it together. <laughs> no, no, no. He goes to Nazareth. Remember, people question, could anything good come from Nazareth? Location is everything. God sends the angel to a town called Nazareth, a place of no respect. And yes, location is important, but also who the angel goes to is very important as well. Look at, look at verse 27. To a virgin engaged to a man named Joseph of the house of David, the virgin's name was Mary. Why not just say, I went to Nazareth to see Mary? Why, why explain all these things about who she is? It's interesting because it's the polar opposite of how he introduces Zachariah and Elizabeth earlier in the chapter. He says, this, this, this is what, it, this is interesting. He says, this, this is the... Um, Oscar Award introduction. He, he, he says, uh, Zachariah and Elizabeth, they, they both are righteous in God's sight, living without blame and uh, according uh, to all the commands and requirements of the Lord. They, they gave, the angel gave them like the, the Baptist introduction. First given honor to God, who is head of my life. Then, then they go down the list to the shepherd of this house, the the, to, to, to the prince of this palace, to, to, to you know, just go down the list. But when he introduces who Mary is, all he can say is, she's engaged. She's a virgin. There's not much to Mary's resume. Watch, he goes to a location that's not popular, but to someone who has little to no life experience. Y'all, some of y'all probably got it. It, it. Let me see if I can make a plan. I, I'm, how many ever was a part of like a pickup game? Football, basketball, any hands? Okay, all right, cool. Basketball, um, when, you know, maybe let's just say it's 10 people there. Let's just say it's 10. 10 people there and, you know, everybody's trying to be cat because they don't want to get picked last or something. So everybody's sort of shooting like, you know, oh, I got first, I first hand. You, as you step on you and do come up, he's like, doing, like, tag, man, you next. Gets up, doing. Next guy comes up, he shoots. He's like, all right, we got two cats. Then they're like, all right, yo, um, I got first pick. First pick. Uh, he's like, all right, all right, I guess I got first ball, whatever. But, but what's interesting is the person who doesn't have first pick always gets the short hand. Why? Because um, it's not like when the sixth person gets picked. It's not when like the ninth gets, person gets picked. It's the last person. That person is probably a person who don't want to play, <laughs> AKA can't play. Um, and, and you'd be like, tag, yo. You, you, you offer nothing to the team but we, we need a fifth man, like, we can't play ball if we ain't got another man. 
This, this, is, this is you, your life and my life. We, we, we don't offer anything to the team. We, we didn't bring anything to the table. But yet God says, I'll, I'll, I'll choose to use you. He, he goes to Nazareth to a woman who has nothing to offer him. <laughs> Question is, what's so special about Mary? What, what is so special? It's, it's nothing. She, 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 she doesn't have, she's young. Zachariah and Elizabeth, they're old. The, the, the miracle was that, we're, that God's going to bless you with a child at your old age. They've lived life. They've served in the temple. They've, they've worked and they've followed God. Mary, on the other hand, is but a babe. But yet God chooses to go see about her. God decides to use Mary from Nazareth. It, it, little life experience, but here's, here's, here's what's beautiful, because though he in the beginning said that she's introduced as the Virgin Mary who's engaged to Joseph, the angel goes on, he says, greetings, favored woman. Yeah. He, he says, you are favored. <laughs> But, but I thought she was from Nazareth and she had no, no resume at all. She had just her name up there. And the only thing underneath her name was she was engaged. Favored? How? Where? Favored where? Hmm. You ought to rejoice that you have been favored by God. That you have the ability to even talk to the Father, and it has nothing to do with you. This, he says, greeting favorite woman, the Lord is with you. Mary offers nothing, but yet God chooses her. Favorite woman, I'm with you. The Lord is with you. But she is deeply troubled by the statement, wondering what kind of greeting could this be? Then the angel told her, hey, don't be afraid, Mary. For you found, again, you found favor with God. Y'all look at me funny because y'all want to know what this word favor means. Here it is. Favor means graced. (laughs) It means you didn't offer me nothing, but I gave you everything. <laughs> Here's why y'all just do this. Because you think that you had it all right. That you think that God came to you while you was in the palace. While you reigned supreme. But it says while we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly doesn't go to the palace to fulfill his plan. He goes down to the deep, dark dirt 
and he finds a woman who really has no life experience. Mary is only between the age of 12 and 14. I was about to get ahead of myself. I'm, I'm going to keep moving. God looks at Mary not because she is all together, but simply because it's his sovereign will to pick her. What does that mean? God does what he wants, with who he wants, why he wants, where he wants. Sovereign will. Mary, hearing this greeting, is perplexed. But the angel reassures her that she has found favor with God, and because he is with her, this is what happens. He says, I told, God, I told you that God was with you, that you're favored. Now I'm going to give you some very clear instructions. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the son of the most high. And the Lord God will give him the throne of David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. There's so much in here, but look at verse 32. This is pointing to uh, the covenant that God made with David. This, this is... This is, this is interesting. In, in, in 2 Samuel chapter 7, the Lord makes this covenant with David. He says, yo, David, yo, yo, yo. He says, when you go to rest with your fathers, I'm going to raise up one who will come after you. Now, it, literally, it says this. When you go rest with your fathers, basically he say, bro, when you check, when you die, um, you're going to die. I'm going to set some things up for you. I, I'm, I'm going to give your sons the kingdom. It's going to rain. Dave's like, oh, you setting my kids up. They're going to be fine. They're going to be fire. Right? They're going to kill it. The Lord's like, yeah, they're going to kill it. All right. They're going to they're destroy some things. They're going to mess some things up. And because the Lord knows that, he goes, sends the angel down to a place that's dirty and it's not a palace and it's not something that somebody looks forward to. No, he goes and he says, I'm going to carry this out because I'm doing what I want to do. I don't need the kings who reign on the throne to get things done. I don't, I don't, yeah, David, you, you, you set your, I set your kids up and they failed miserably. So, I, 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 yeah, I'm still going to have a covenant with you, but I'm going to send one who's greater than all the ones that came before him. <laughs> After hearing this. Mary stops. She says, how can this be? Since I have not had sexual relations with a man. Mary is, is, is asking this question because what's being asked of her, she can only associate with the natural. 
Mary says, but how though? Your boy Joseph ain't been nowhere near this. He, 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 I didn't let him test the waters before we went down the aisle and said, I do. How can this be? This is a natural thing to give birth to a child. This is, this is, she's scratching her head. What? what? And just like her, some of us walk through life like this. We limit God to what only we can think about. It's like trying to stuff all, all your clothes in one container. That's hard for me to do. And God is saying, there's so many other drawers and opportunities that I have for you to put your clothes in, but yet you're trying to force things to happen. And he's saying, listen, I don't work the way you work. He says, he says, we, 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 she, she only can think of the natural. But watch how the angel answers her. He says, consider your relative Elizabeth. Even she has conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month for her, who, is, who was called childless. I love the next part. It says, for nothing will be impossible with God. This, this, is what, this is what Mary is looking at. She's looking at and she's hearing the angels say, you're going to participate in something. And she says, it's impossible. How can this be? And the angel says, I know you would say something like that. So I'll give you an example of God making a way out of no way. But he, he doesn't stop there. He says, yeah, he did that for Zachariah and Elizabeth. But what I'm about to do in you is going to be 10 times, a million times greater than what I did in them. He chooses chooses Mary. It's, it's interesting because Mary is like, I know what you're saying, but ain't nobody been with this. Angel? God is not just saying this to Mary, that she needs to open up her mind. She's, he's also saying it to you and I. Yes. I can do so much more than you think I can. Stop limiting God to what only you can think. He wants to do bigger and better, watch this, in you first so that he can do things through you. <laughs> I got it, I got it, I got it. I love how, how this ends. Mary says, I am the Lord's servant. 
may it be to me according to your word. Then the angel left. Don't rush past this, this response that Mary gives. Mary understands what this means for her. Mary is very aware that this is going to be costly. She has never been with a man. She's never had sex before. The angel comes to her and says, you will conceive. This is an attack on her character. Because she doesn't just have to explain to Joseph, but she has to explain to the people around her and to the world what actually is going on. And a lot of times, the people around us are talking about us. Behind our back, but watch this, she understands that they even wanna say it to her face. How dare you cheat on Joseph? You guys are engaged to be married. How dare you? She sees that this is going to cost her everything. Remember I said how old Mary was? I'm not saying this is the first gathering, but I'm gonna say it now. You have to understand, between 12 and 14, now, back then it might have been different, but now you know, our kids, just we think differently. It's, this is what it is. But back then, you were probably starting to think about how you're going to make something out of yourself. But Mary's posture is, I'm not really, really going to focus on what I can make out of myself. I'm so submitted and committed to the will of God that I don't care what people think about me. That's why her response is, do to me whatever you want. I'm your servant. Mary has a life ahead of her. What if she says no? But she says, I'm not going to give this up. I am your servant. May it be done to me according to your word. Mary is choosing to obey and submit to what God wants to do with her and in her. And because she's obedient to that, she gives birth to the Savior of the world. But watch this. Remember I said Mary's name would be drugged through the mud. Because of the death, burial, and resurrection, that vindicates her character now. Because what people thought was impossible is now possible and then the Savior is born. He says, through the blood of Jesus Christ, Mary, I'll, I'll say, I'll call you blessed. Now here's some other things I want you to know. Mary was not guilty either. She's done nothing wrong. But many of us in this room are very much so guilty. But the good news is one Friday night. The Lord decides to send Jesus Christ and empty himself of everything. 
This is the hope that we have in Christ Jesus. And he says, those of you who are guilty, I understand. I know that you are. You're far from me. But because of Jesus Christ, I say, come in. I want to change you. I, I want to I I make you new. I want to save your name. Actually, I want to change your name. It's because the blood of Jesus, Mary's decision then might have cost her everything. But at the end of the day, the Lord says, you are loved. You are mine. You are blessed because of the obedience that she displays, because of the faith and the trust. And though it was impossible, she says, God, I'm willing, I'm your servant, use me. I said this in the first gathering, I'll say it again. This is what the Lord is calling us to. Pastor Nara said earlier, that this building is not just so we can have more space. It's what the space is going to be used for. We're called. God's calling us. Feel, feel the weight of this. He's calling us to do greater things when we submit to what he wants us to do. God's saying, stop limiting me to what only you can see. Some of us doubt that we're, going to, we're not going to get this building. God says, that's not a posture that you should have as a believer. The impossible has already happened because what we actually deserve was hell in a handbasket. It, it looked impossible. Listen, the, the covenant that God made with all these men was trying, he was trying to save us. And they all failed. That looks impossible now. And he says, you know what? It looks impossible for me to use these men to reconcile my people back to me. But I'm going to choose a savior who is blameless, who is who's upright, and who will save the world. It looked impossible. But God makes it possible. And he's calling us to obedience and faith in him. Let us pray. Father, we thank you, and we bless you that we get to participate. This is a privilege that we have. We were so far off. We weren't thinking about you. Many of us wanted nothing to do with you but you capture our hearts, say you belong to me, and then you say, obey and have faith in what I am doing. And our response is, here we are. Take us and use us for your glory. Lord, help this message to not just be a good amen, a clap, and a high five, but help us to live out really what it looks like to have true faith in a God who can do everything but fail. We believe you, Lord. 
We believe that you are doing miracles, that you are working in us so that you may work through us, so that people will come to know who you are and the pardon of their sins. Help us to live in this way. We love you and we thank you. It's in Jesus' precious name I pray. And every glad heart said, amen. Men can come. Hello, this is Dr. Eric Mason, founder of Pastor of Epiphany Fellowship. Thank you for tuning in today. Hopefully the word of God was a blessing to you. Also, if you want to help us build the kingdom from Philly and beyond, particularly in inner cities, partner with us today. And if you don't know Jesus as Savior, based on his death, burial, and resurrection, place your confidence in him and go from spiritual death to spiritual life. Tune in next time so we can see you go from spiritual infancy to spiritual maturity. God bless you. Take care. We love you. We love you.